King Jesus, we thank you for the little uh, uh, mutterings of noise that we hear through the vents this morning. Uh, That's the sound of children being invested in. I pray it's the sound of children having fun at church as they learn what it means to be your disciple. Um, So Holy Spirit, please empower those adults who are teaching and leading them in worship. Thank you for answering our prayers as a church to raise up and to to provide (laughs) enough teachers for all these kids that you're bringing. Um, And we don't just want them to have fun. We want them to know you deeply, Jesus. We pray for ourselves. Uh, Yeah, there are so many people in this room in so many spots. Uh, You know each one of us down to the depth beyond what we know ourselves. Um, And so for those who are just discouraged and slugging through the month of February and the, the bleakness of winter, I pray, pray they would find their hope in you, Jesus, and use this time to train them to choose to put their hope in you. And I pray that they'd tell you (laughs) their feelings of loneliness, lostness, isolation. And Jesus, for those of us who are encouraged or just, you know, have had some good things happen, we we celebrate that. And and we also don't want to put our hope in circumstances because they're going to pass and fade and come and go and They're just not reliable. They're not a firm foundation that we need. So we thank you for all of the good gifts you give us. And at the same time, uh, we come this morning uh, wanting again to see you as the very best gift, the very best good in our lives. So apart from you, we have no good thing. Jesus, help us this morning to continue in worship as we look at you through your word. Amen. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So last week, we began our study in the gospel of Matthew. And in chapter one, the, the point of chapter one that we made is that Jesus is the point of all of human history, which is a really, really big statement. But we saw it through the genealogy He's the son of Abraham, God's promised child. He's the ultimate fulfillment. He's the son of David, um, the promised king that would rule forever. And he is God with us. He is Emmanuel. And that's what we saw in chapter one. And I just want to say that it's possible to live that out. It's, It's possible to, in your daily life, working at Coke Industries, working as a teacher, being a stay-at-home mom, being a student. It is possible to live in the reality that Jesus is the point of all of human history, and therefore he's the point of everything that's happening in your life. So I just wanted to start this morning with the question that this God's Spirit has been bringing up in my own life is, how's that been going for you? <laughs> um, how, how's it been going to live out that Jesus is the point of of everything. And I just want to share with you that for me, it's been a very up and down process. Uh, 
It's kind of a haunting question because I believe it's true, but there's so many gaps in my life, so many moments that I get, I, I forget. And, and it might sound cliche that it's an up and down process, that my week's been up and down, but uh, it's not an empty phrase because uh, I know what my progress was and I know what my regress was and uh, I know when I took steps forward, I know when I took steps back and it's, the, it's that clarity that helps it from being an empty cliche of, well, it's an up and down process of walking with God. No, I, I've shared my victories with my friends. I've shared my sins with my friends and with God and, and that's faithful living. So it's a really important question. How, how has it been going for you? Because today we're going to see that God is not in the practice of giving you detailed blueprints for your life. He's not going to give you the master plan for your life. He's going to give you next steps. And we, we want the big picture. If, if you're honest, or if you're like me, you want the big picture. But God is in the process. He's, he's in the pattern He's in the practice of giving next steps, not detailed blueprints. So look for that as I read Matthew chapter 2 this morning. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Then King Herod heard this. When, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. Oh, the king's disturbed. We, we all got to be you know, disturbed with him. When he'd called together all the, peop- all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he'd, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. He said, they said, in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking, 
seeking to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in the place of his father Herod, Joseph was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. So here's how we're going to unpack this chapter this morning. We're going to quickly walk through the major parts, make sense of the story, and then we're going to zoom back and see how this fits in the bigger point that Matthew is making. Last week, I mentioned that Matthew's, the, the one word to kind of, Uh, bring out Matthew's theme that we're going to use is the word fulfillment. And so using our same illustration from last week, uh, which is when you see, when you see a cornfield on the ground level, all you see is green stalks. You don't even see corn. You just see tall green plants. When you zoom out, if there is design, if there's a pattern in that cornfield, that's the only way you can see the bigger picture is by zooming out. So we're going to first make a quick walkthrough of this story. Then we're going to zoom out. And so the walkthrough, the, 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 the patch of Matthew 2 we're going to walk through can be summarized in these, in these three words. Seeking, finding, and following. These three words help us in evaluating how, how are we supposed to live in the, in the midst of our everyday, ordinary lives with our feet on the ground. We know the big picture but how are we supposed to navigate when things happen to us? And the first word seeking is is really found in verses one through nine. The Magi came seeking the child. They'd seen the star and somehow they knew enough to move in the right direction. Herod was also seeking the child in this part of the story. He was seeking the child in order to kill him. And, uh, Interestingly, like I mentioned when we read, Herod being troubled led to all of Jerusalem being troubled with him. So they were seeking to please the king, to be on the king's side. Even though Herod was ruling in Jerusalem where God's people were living and uh, God's people were more interested in pleasing their political king than their actual king. They were good soldiers for the wrong leader. And so they found the answer in the Bible, gave Herod the answer from the scriptures and then said, well, I sure hope the king is happy. You know, like they could, this was an invitation for them to be like, huh, well, this is what our scriptures say, where the Messiah comes from. Um, Maybe we should go follow the Magi and check it out. But instead, I mean, all we get is that they just gave it to them and Herod used it for his own purposes. And, and so when we're thinking about next steps and, and, and in this story, like you see, God gave them a star. I don't know why the, the Magi went to Jerusalem, but I'm guessing that the star went away because, or, or the other people in the capital, uh, uh, they, they, the, the Magi assumed the people in the capital, like the king, they would know if another king's being born, but like, why would they go there if they didn't have to? And, and why would they rejoice exceedingly in verse 10? If the star was always there, they saw the star in verse 10 and then they rejoiced exceedingly. And then the star led them to the exact place 
Just something to think about. But they went to Jerusalem for a reason. And, and the ultimate purpose is so that we know the scriptures were fulfilled. But all of this is seeking. They, they sought out the star. They sought out God's people's knowledge of like, where's the Messiah to be born? And, and it just begs the question for, for me and for us today, do you know what you want? Do you know what you are seeking, what you really desire? And even if you're desiring wrong things, uh, I think it's really important to know what you want because you're going to move towards it. And there's, there's a next step there. Like once you have awareness, then there's the step of judgment. What does God say about what I want? It, are my wants in line with what he wants? So that's the first way that we can navigate our ordinary life in light of the bigger picture is what are we seeking? How are we seeking? Here, here's a second way I see this story helping us just navigate the, the maze of our lives, the complexity of just ordinary life. Is uh, The second way we can know how to live faithfully is through finding. You know, in verse 10 um, and 11, we saw that the, the Magi had reached the goal of their journey. That, that they, they, they heard the king, they went on their way. The star that they saw in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place. And, and then it says, when they saw the star, they, were rejoiced, that they rejoiced. And, and on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened up this is, this is part of their finding. They opened up their treasures and presented the, the child king with gifts. And this week, honestly, I really wrestled with like, what does it mean to find God? Um, obviously for us, it's not following a star to a child anymore. Um, and I think it's also obvious that like when we first place our confidence in Jesus, in a sense, we find God, or as Paul says, you know, like it's really God finding us. Um, but quite simply, if you're here, and most of us probably have already made the decision to follow Jesus, um, if you end up getting what you want in life, like going back to the seeking, if, if you end up getting exactly what you want, um, but if that's all you find and, and Christ isn't in it, then, then you'll be disappointed. And I think uh, that's, that's what it, means to find God in the midst of our ordinary lives is to look for him in the midst of all of our seeking. Like if you're seeking a better house, a new job, if you're single and you're seeking a spouse, if you've got a crazy work schedule and you're just seeking more stability, a better schedule, uh, seeking more control over the things that bother you, like if you're a parent and you're seeking more sleep, uh, <laughs> um, it's fine to seek all those things, but we cannot, see, if, if we seek them above Christ, just we, we need to know that we're ultimately going to be disappointed. If we, we can also learn to seek them as we seek Christ, which looks a lot like, God, this is what I want, not my will be done, but your will. And so if you end up getting what you want, but you don't have a greater trust and a deeper love for Jesus, uh, you'll no longer want what you wanted and you'll just want something else more. 
you'll be disappointed. And, and this doesn't just happen. You have to like take next steps and learn how to live this way. And God, God delights in giving his people next steps. For example, the, the finding of God is not the end. Like enjoying a, a moment of like connecting with God in unique and special ways like the Magi got. They, they sought him out. They found him. That's not the end. He gave him a next step. Here's the third way that we can know we're living faithfully in daily life. It's, it's following. What do we do after God has given us clarity in our life? What do we do after he's answered a long time prayer request? Well, we just do the next thing he told us. We do the last thing that we heard from him. It's an ongoing response. It's living a decided life. Because the Magi, after they found the child, uh, that's not the end of the story. Uh, they had, God met them in a dream, gave them Direction, and they chose to follow God by not going back to Herod. Think, think about this. They they're putting themselves at risk by not doing what they said they'd do or what the king asked them to do. But instead, they're basically running away from the king. But they're choosing to follow a different leader, a different king. And Joseph, even though like again, many of us are parents, and others are friends with parents, uh, but. Joseph had to move a, a young family with a little kid just because he had this dream and he could have written it off. I'm, he was a man just like us. He could have written it off and said, well, that's a lot of trouble. Uh, I'm not, I don't see imminent danger uh, for my family. But instead, he followed um, the direction that he got from God. So while Joseph and the Magi followed the Lord, even at a cost, King Herod was following someone too. He was following himself. And ultimately behind the evil of King Herod was the devil and his deceit, his, his deceiving plans that King Herod was following. So King Herod's original plan was I'll find that baby and snipe him out. And instead, he couldn't get that one. So a massacre of children in that age range, boys two and under. And, and we should really ask ourselves, how can people do this? We really should. And, and here's how. This, this is really important. And this got me thinking about abortion and the issues in our day. We need to know how people commit evil. And not just those people, these people. Okay? Who we are following. It's because of who we're following. What is, it results in what we do. And so, I'm all for changing the laws and making laws line up with morality. But we cannot put our hope in laws. People have to be changed to follow Jesus. If we get on Facebook or if we get all riled up because of the atrocities that are happening around us and we aren't meeting with Jesus and we aren't telling other people about Jesus, I'm sorry, there's a huge disconnect. We've got to know that at the core issue, it's who we're following. I'm not saying the atrocity, the evil is okay. I'm saying we need to be faithful. Be faithful in our time. And this is our time. This is the time and the place that God has put us. And he's called us to be faithful. So Herod was following himself. When his plans didn't work out, he was outraged. And he responded by 
just natural response, who he was following. So he, he did what made sense to him. And we all do what makes sense to us. And you can, th- you can sit there and say, well, Ben, the Magi got a star, and I'd respond to a star. Joseph got uh, dreams from, you know, messages from angels. I'd, I'd respond to that. All I have is a Bible and a church. That's all I have. Maybe a small group, you know. You know a small group, you know. Th- I like those guys, but I don't get a lot of clarity. Uh, some, sometimes, I'm not talking about my small group. I, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know. But, Don't think that way because the Bible doesn't allow you to think that way. Listen to Hebrews. The very first line says, In the past, God spoke at many times and in various ways, including visions and angels. But the, the point of the author here is, in these last days, now that Jesus has come, died, resurrected, ascended, Every way that we get communication with God is through the Son. The Son is the epicenter. He's He's the filter of all of, how do we know that God is speaking to us? It's look at Jesus. Know Jesus. And then in Hebrews 12, he continues this same theme of communicating with God and and specifically how we respond when, when God's communicating to us. Look at this in 1225, see to it that you don't refuse him who speaks. Jesus is speaking to his people even today. And if they did not escape, meaning the Old Testament Israelites, God's people then, if they didn't escape when they refused to follow God who warned them on earth with like a voice that boomed like thunder, you can read about this in Exodus, Mount Sinai, when he gave them the law. If they didn't escape when they refused to obey God, Hebrews says, how much less will we? He's saying, we have a greater revelation. We have more responsibility. Because of our greater revelation, we know who Jesus is. We have the big picture, guys. We have the cornfield from 500 feet up. We see how it all connects, or at least we can, with the Holy Spirit's help. So don't glorify who you find. Don't glorify how you find. Glorify who you find. Make a big deal, not about... And I've had some dreams, I'm just going to tell you, I've had some dreams in the last like month that I think God said, hey, you need to get with this guy who I kind of written off in my mind. I don't, I don't need another mentor. And God was like, no, I want you to just get with him. And uh, it came in a dream. Don't glorify that. Don't go to lunch and talk about how Ben got a dream and that's so special and so cool. Glorify who you find, who you find, not how you find. Because, man, if I get with this guy and I don't love Jesus more as a result, uh, there's nothing worth that. <laughs> like I, I, it, it's, it's Jesus who is worth our attention, our affection, and our whole life. So what you know about God, it doesn't matter as much as what you do with what you know. Following th- this third step, following is really just seeking, finding on repeat. You know, like you read the back of your shampoo. It's like wash, lather, repeat. Following is just on repeat, seeking and finding and responding, doing so over and over. And it's a simple process of next step, next step, next step. I'm not saying it's simplistic. I'm not saying it's easy. It's worth it though. And we're all seekers by nature. We all want to find someone, something. And God consistently 
It might be, it might be months of quiet, but God consistently gives next steps. He's not in the practice of giving detailed blueprints. He's trying to develop trust relationship. So taking the next step, just practically, let's get back down, you know, like feet on the ground level. What is is the next step? What could that look like for you? Ask God first. Like, don't just pick your favorite from this list. Ask God. Having a quiet time. Spending quality time with God every day. What about sharing your quality time with God, sharing that with someone else on a consistent basis? Could be giving financially. That's something you're holding on to. And and if you're new here, I just want you to know, like, there's no expectation for you to give at all. Um, You could bring up your faith. Maybe that's a next step. You know, you're really uncomfortable in the workplace. It's like, oh, how do I do this? And... I don't want to be the weird guy. Uh, Taking that next step could be talking with a a, a friend in your small group. Hey, I want to do this. I don't know how to do this. Would you pray for me? Would you ask me if I'm taking steps towards that? Um, And just ask God. Ask God, where am I right now? Because you don't know what your next step is until you know where you're at right now. (laughs) And so Matthew is telling a story. And he won't let you hear Matthew chapter 2, I I believe. He just won't let you hear it without connecting it to this bigger story. Matthew's theme is fulfillment. And so here's a clip of Matthew 2. And the Old Testament passages are kind of hard to see because they're in blue. And I intended it that way. He's connecting this Magi story, which really happened with uh, prophecy, with 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 God's word but from hundreds of years before being fulfilled. And uh, really only about half of this story is really about the wise men, what we learn in Sunday school. Um, the other half is just a bunch of uh, steps of faithfulness. Mary and Joseph leaving, moving to Egypt, then moving back to Nazareth. Uh, evil King Herod killing young boys. Um, as I just want to say, as the story unfolds, nobody in the moment, had any idea. In, in, in my opinion, nobody had any idea all of the things that it was fulfilling, all of God's purposes and promises. Pro, uh, living lives of faithfulness for us, it doesn't look like, oh, I went to work and, you know, like, I just knew that everything that God had, you know, like, was working in me the last 10 years, it's like, it came to pass this week or that day, just an ordinary day. No, it feels ordinary. But they were all faced with a choice, be faithful or not. And all they did was take the next step. They never knew the big plan. Herod didn't know. Herod didn't know the big plan. He didn't know that his killing of all these young boys would be fulfilling the the ultimate fulfillment of a prophecy. So here is the big picture that God does give us. Because he doesn't give us much of a big picture. Like he doesn't say, Christine, here's the big picture for the rest of your life. Corey big picture for the rest of your life. But he does give all of us this big picture. It's all about Jesus. And each one of us is to become like Jesus in character. And so let's connect it to the big picture of chapter one. 
here is the ultimate fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham, the Davidic king that Israel had been wanting and waiting for. And now we have the nations. The Magi represent the nations coming to worship him. And God had said from the very beginning that man was to rule over all the earth. And then God had said to Abraham that uh, through you all nations will be blessed. And, and Israel was not, they, they were not the fulfillment of that. That was God's intention. They didn't fulfill it. But look at Micah. Even near the end of the Old Testament, when, when God's people had proven their unfaithfulness, God's purposes stood the same. Micah, 1, Micah 4 verses 1 and 2. It'll come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of mountains. It'll be raised above the hills and the peoples. This is my whole point in sharing this with you. The peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come, let's go up to the mountain of the Lord and to the house of the God of Jacob that he may teach us his ways and that we would walk in his paths. God's heart for the nations has never changed. And that big picture story of all the nations coming to worship King Jesus, the king of the world, Friends, it's not just in your Bibles. It is for your life. It's in our lifetimes. Remember how Matthew ends his gospel. Go make disciples of all nations. God is continuing to do this work. Continuing to bring all people to himself. That they would come and learn to walk in his ways. It's one step at a time. It's a massive, huge vision, but it's lived out in ordinary, faithful living. And you might think, well, I don't live among the nations. Ah, but you do. (laughs) This means all nations, including your little cul-de-sac. You might think, I don't know how to make a disciple. Well, me neither exactly. But if you know Jesus, you know who you need to know. It's not about what you know. And he's Jesus has promised to be with you. Specifically in this context, go make disciples and I will be with you always. So do the next thing. Do the next thing. Learn to hear from him and do the next thing. Whether you seek him or not, God is fulfilling all his purposes. It was the case then, it's the case now. The the question is, will you join him? Will you join him? And as you join him, you'll recognize more and more that all of your life is about Jesus. That's the big picture we get. So let's finish by praying together. Jesus, I imagine there's people here who feel condemned because they've never done that. <laughs> uh, they've, all of their steps towards it have been half-hearted and uh, result in quickly falling <laughs> or faltering and going back to living self-centered ways. And uh, I just want to echo your gospel that there's no condemnation uh, if they are in Christ Jesus. Thank you for how safe we are in you, Jesus, that we can 
take the next step and trip <laughs> and repent and get up and keep following you and take the next step. And we pray for your help to live faithful lives and we pray for your vision to become our vision, seeing all people worship you. That would be our desire, what we seek. And, and we would find you in the midst of the seeking and we would follow you.